0: Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. Hey, excited to share with you today about a ministry that is going to launch this fall that I, we, collectively, um, I am really excited about, uh, that it's going to impact all of us, uh, or it has the opportunity to impact us all um, if, if you would get involved with it. Um, but it has to do with uh, life groups, and this morning we're going to, we're going to find out what it is why we do this and to do that of course we're going to look at the bible and, and get you know all of our inspiration and you know thoughts for it from from the bible so we'll journey through that explain this but again we believe that if you're going to grow spiritually you have to be growing relationally and, and you're going to see that it's just it's just the design and as we unfold this it's just going to be clear it's not really up for discussion it's just up for, oh, there it is. Now, now, what are we going to do with that as a church? But we're excited with what we're going to do with it. We're going to launch it this fall, and I think you'll be excited to see what's going on. So to do that, um, we're going to just start with Genesis at the very beginning. Now, I've told you guys before. I've told you maybe a couple times, okay? In the, in the Garden of Eden, when it was Adam and Eve, okay? I've told you this before. Adam and Eve had it all. No clothes and no in-laws, right? (laughs) And and that's where we start, right? Now, listen. (laughs) Now, gentlemen, I'm just telling you, be careful with how you react to this one because you might get a swift elbow, but listen to this, okay? But before that, before there was Adam and Eve, Adam was alone. It was peaceful and it was I, I it, it was calm I mean, okay no, no but, but but Adam was alone Adam was alone um, and it was peaceful I mean, that's, that's like it, and it was um, you know, but Adam had, had lush vegetation, right he, he had flowers he had, he had trees, he had a deep sea, he had creatures animals, I mean he, he was all alone and, and he had all this before him sights to behold and he could do whatever but something just wasn't right he thought, man, you know I need to play some games, you know, so he went out and dipped into the sea and he was like hey yeah, let's do Marco Polo you know what I mean, but he never could catch up with the dolphins, they were just too quick he, he couldn't tag them, right and come on the dry land he's like hey what if we play this game where I tag you and you freeze we'll call it freeze tag you know and but the, you can never catch up with the cheetahs <laughs> you know it's like man you guys are too fast for me you know and he found out man hugging a tree is just uncomfortable <laughs> like like he he there he just came up empty you know like at the end of it all it was just it just something wasn't right because he couldn't have a conversation with anybody there, there was nobody that to co- communicate with. There was nobody to connect with. It just wasn't perfect. And that's not my words. That's not our words. That, that's the Bible. The Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. And so he created Eve. And then there, and right there, you can't miss this, the divine design happened. A divine design happened that for all humanity, all of life, there's going to be this thing that you cannot refute, and that is, no matter how good you think you are or how well put together you think you have it, you can't come fully alive till you're connected with somebody else. That there is something that will be pulled out of you when you are connected to somebody else, when there is a community, when there is a connection, when there is a group that that you that there is this. Purpose Now, God is creating that you have to have community. You have to have connection to reach your fullest potential. That it's not just an individual thing, but actually it gets amplified and empowered when you're in relations with others. Things happen that they can't happen when you're all alone. This is a divine design. and And it will be like this for all time. So Eve and Adam, chilling together now, and then Eve says, you know, Adam and Eve, There's and Eve's saying, like, well, hey, you know, what if we wanted to play, like, a game of telephone? You know, we, like, we need more people. Well, hey, what about this? And she batted her eyes, looked up at Adam, and was like, well, what if we had more? And some of you guys have heard that. I certainly have heard that before, you know? And there it was, another design. Women treat men like a piece of meat all the time. And so... <laughs> And, I mean, Adam would have been fine to just cuddle under the stars. He's like, it's just me and you. He's like, well, let's just cuddle under the stars. But you know women, and one track mine. So, and it's just been like that ever since. And so she gets her way, and then all these kids start coming, and community, and all this happens. And all of a sudden, you start to see then in the Old Testament the story about how community happens and when it thrives and when it doesn't, what happens when community is practiced Right. And what happens when it's practiced wrong? So then you fast forward several thousand of years later and we come to the scene of Jesus. And how did Jesus begin his public ministry? Well, he chose 12 guys. He chose a life group. He had 12 guys around him. Now, Jesus had thousands follow him or come to the teachings. There were masses of people around him all the time. But he only chose to invest and to get to really know 12. And even of that 12, he had three real close ones. But no matter that his teaching was was landing on several ears, he was intentional about having a life group of 12 people. What's the significance of this? It has everything to do with your faith and my faith growing. What he did was he connected these guys' faith. And there was a there was, a, there was a, a, a way that all these guys had the freedom to ask tough questions. You and I sometimes say, man, what a dumb question. But we have those too. And there was this safe space where Jesus was investing and pouring in and he connected faith. Now this is huge because what happened? Jesus ultimately ascended into heaven. Well, when Jesus left, what happened to the 12? Their faith because it was connected was able to be strong enough that christ built the church through them now listen it's because community was happening you didn't have just these guys trying to do it on their own it was community that and their faith was connected and it was so instilled that it remained so then you kind of go 50 more years later and paul a guy comes onto the scene and what's paul doing Paul is going around to the known world at that time, and he was starting churches in all the cities that he could get to. But when he would start these churches, it wasn't with buildings, okay? It wasn't the choir robes, and it certainly wasn't any like downtown block parties. It was just a group of people. The group of people is when the church would thrive. That There were no buildings, nothing. It was a group of people. But yet when the group got together and their faith was connected, man, the church thrived because that's what community is. Community is people together. And this is a divine design. This is not up for Cross Lane to try to force, hey, here's a life group model we're going to do. No, it's not us. It's not any other church's ideas. This is a biblical design that when you are in community with people, Powerful things can happen, and God designed it to be this way. So, this community, first century church, they were tight. It was just raw. It was real. It was close. They were tight. I'll kill my best goat for you, brother. You know, like they were tight, pure community. Now, in Hebrews, that's the letter that we're going to be looking at this morning. And if you want to turn there to chapter 10... If you've got a Bible or a device with a Bible on it, turn it to Hebrews 10. Now, the first half of chapter 10 is what Kevin already alluded to with the communion meditation, with Christ's sacrifice once and for all, for all of us. And it's important to r- recognize this because the letter of Hebrews, which we don't know who wrote Hebrews, okay? We, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. But what we do know is it was a very important letter. It was a very important letter because there were thousands of copies of it, just like all the other New Testament books. But we just still don't know who actually wrote Hebrews, but we know that it was a specific letter and it was highly valuable. Um, and so in this letter we see some things that you just you, you can't miss when you read Hebrews. These, 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 these thoughts that are weaved throughout the, the book. And it's this. It's Hold on to your faith. 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 The the writer is expressing just hang on to your faith. The the writer is also expressing don't fall away. Don't become hard. You know, don't, don't let sin take you away. Do not fall away. Hold on. Don't fall away. And the third thing that you recognize throughout this letter is meet together. Be with each other. Bear one another's burdens. You know, be together. Look out for each other. Now, it's, it's important, guys, come on. It's important to understand that these three pillars run throughout this letter because what it demonstrates and shows us is that you can't separate it. If you are meeting together and being together and looking out for each other, guess what's going to happen? You won't become hard in your heart. You will hold on to your faith. If you hold on to your faith, you will be meeting together you will be looking out for other people and 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 taking the burdens of others you can't separate these three but unfortunately all too often we in the church have separated it we have put a low cost on this community idea by being intentional and making sure that we are in a healthy way creating groups where the church can thrive just like it has since the first church, just like God's design. And that's what our heart is right now at Cross Lane that we want to get, we want to we want to tackle this and we want to do it and we want everybody involved coming this this fall. This is the importance of why we're going to do the uh, life groups this fall. Because we believe you will endure in your faith when you're meeting with other people. There's not, there's just parallel that they're always together you can't you can't take that off but what happens is this when we put the emphasis on Sunday mornings and we sit in rows okay but when we're in life groups whether it's around the restaurant table you know a morning coffee or it's a lunch uh, dinner or it's a night just a regular evening of the week when you're in a circle with a few other people that's When church happens, that's when community can really thrive, and the church can be the church God has given you, talents and gifts that are supposed to be used in the context of community. But if we just keep it to coming and sitting in rows, we won't ever tap into that divine design that is such a rich blessing. And so the thing we will say is circles are better than rows, okay? Circles are always going to be better than rows. You can hide on Sunday morning. You can come in, sit down. You guys know, we, you know, you can play the game. Just come in, sit down, chill, and then leave. But when you're around with, with other couples, with other singles, with other groups, with other people, when you're around it, 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 it's not just about hiding, not hiding. It's about being there for other people and for doing life together, a life group. Ryan Persh does this every week. With the, with the youth kids, okay? And he's done it for years. Every, every Sunday morning they do kind of like the Sunday morning church thing over there. But then on, at nights, on Sunday nights when they came back to gather, they would always get into circles because Ryan knew. And Ryan and, you know, tells his youth sponsors, get them in groups because community happens in groups, in circles, not in rows. So circles are always better than, than rows. And the church will thrive when community is happening. And community will only happen in circles, okay? So let's look at the letter now. This Hebrews letter, okay? We, we understand what he's trying to say through Hebrews. It, it's, it's really clear. Now we're going to look at one of the section in chapter 10 where, where this is um, an idea that we're going to hang on to this morning. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Now, I'm just going to kind of walk you guys through this stuff, but this is important. He's saying, Let us hold unswervingly, unswervingly, to the hope that we profess, for he, God, who promised, is faithful. Now, listen. There's the idea that you could let go. There's the idea that you might not hold unswervingly. And he is urging you, he's begging you, he's telling you, hold so tightly to the hope that you profess. Here's why. God who is who's promised, he's faithful. In other words, God will never be um, unswervingly. God will never let loose of his promise. God is firm. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't grow weary. He doesn't forsake. God is strong. The one who promises is faithful. Now you, you hang on as tight as you can. Here is where you and I, I think, sometimes stumble in our faith. We think that God is faithful, and we equate that to he will be the faithful in all circumstances the same way every time. He won't. He will be faithful always. But if you are in a situation right now that you currently have been in or that you're currently in that you've been in before or whatever, the temptation for you and for me is to say, God, come on, be faithful. Last time you did da-da-da-da-da. And we want to take that experience up and we expect that's how God's going to be faithful this time. Just a little side note to encourage you today. It's not. God will be faithful But it'll come in various forms and in various ways. So don't ever hang yourself up and trip yourself up on the idea that God's got to answer this problem like he did last time. No. Last time, that's how he answered it. This time, this is how he's going to answer it. Okay? But he will be faithful. He will be answering it. Okay. So now it says this. So let us hold. He's urging you to hang on. Next sentence says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Guys, this is, this is paramount that you understand this. When he says let us consider, he is saying, the, the word consider, circle it, please. The word consider, it's like let us reflect, let us plan, let us plot, let us come up with a scheme, let us come up with a plan of action, let us, let us give attention to it. Let's give time. It, it is an action word, okay? Let us consider. It's proactive. It's so important to consider, to plan, to think, to dwell on what? On how we may spur one another on. And you might think, well, yeah, but they don't have any problems. That, that's not what he's saying. He's saying spur them on. Spur them on wh- wherever they're at. Whoever you're with, whoever is in your life group, whoever's in your community, who's ever in your sphere of influence, spur them on. Think, consider, plot out. Don't wait for the phone call to come in and say, we've got issues over here. We need help. No, 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 no. Think, consider, plot out, plan of action. Hey, I want to, I'm thinking of them and I want to spur them on. I want them to grow. I want them to get better. This is huge he's saying these are what people of christ do because what does it say spur one another on toward love and good deeds when you and i call ourselves christians and confess or say publicly that we follow jesus our lives should actually like show that so in this we see the very being the the epitome the the, the essence of being a Christian, is based on the being of Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus Christ do? This whole ministry, his whole ministry, he went around loving and doing good deeds and blessing people. That's what Jesus did. He, he considered all the time how to spur other people on to love and good deeds. That's what he was doing. And he, he beckons you and me to follow him and do the same thing. So you and I have this powerful, powerful command right here. Let us be thinking, plotting, planning out, proactively considering how to spur one another up towards love and good deeds. It's exactly what Jesus did. And then it says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Now listen, circle that word encouraging because when you hear that word encouraging, it's not, it's not just a big old smack on the, bump and say like good game or good job or well done that's not the encouragement that that it's not that that's what you and i think today when we hear the word encourage this is much more um deep than that the, the greek for this word it, it it actually means like to call to one side to summon somebody it, it means to address speak to um exhort comfort instruct admonish it means to even beg like I'm begging you man come do this I'm begging you to do this it it, it, it's much more profound than just a good job it's not that kind of encouragement encouragement is I am begging you to do it like this I am I am I am calling you out you've got to do it like this I am summoning you in the name of Christ do it like this but encourage one another beg one another to get better Beg one another to do great things. You're, you're encouraging one another. And do this all the more as you see the day coming. Uh, as you see the day meaning, you know, Christ's return coming. Now, again, in this verse, we see some things. We see that you've got to hold on to your faith. Don't give up meeting together. Don't give up meeting together. And you, and you will thrive. Th- these things are, you can't rip them apart. So don't give up. Spur one another on and don't quit meeting together. Now, this kind of echoes what he's already said in Hebrews 3, but let's go ahead and look at this, guys. Hang with me and let's walk through this one. It says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Guys, listen. This is plural, okay? That's not just individual. It says, listen, brothers and sisters, see to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. It's not saying, hey, make sure your heart's not sinful. Hey, make sure your heart is okay. No. It actually is implying that you're okay, great. Make sure that everyone else is okay. Make sure every, n- no one else is falling away with a sinful heart or an unbelieving heart. Make sure that they're not doing this. This is a command, and this, 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 this breeds the idea of this community of what it should be in, in involving, which is much more than our Sunday quick hellos and goodbyes, right? This is like that you would know life, that you would have a life group. You, you would be doing something together where some of these things can be talked about. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. That turns away from the living God. Here's that word again. But encourage. That the writer was nailing this and just, just trying to get us to understand. But encourage one another. How often? Daily. It's easy to send text messages, emails, phone calls, whatever. Meet up, coffee, lunch. Encourage one another as long as it's called a day, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Listen. Nobody in this room would actually just say, hey, I want to wake up tomorrow and just have a hard heart. I just want to be sinful. Like, I just want to be as full of deceitfulness as possible. Like, you want to do that. But what happens is this. We drift. It always starts as just a thought. And then that thought leads to something else and leads to something else. And it's just a slow drift. But you drift away and you finally wake up one day with a hard heart. You finally wake up and you're long gone. You, you, you've, been, you've been tricked. You, you've been, um, Satan has got you. And, and you're, you're hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So listen, because we're drifters, he's saying, listen, I know you're going to drift. You're, you're, you're going to be tempted to drift. Encourage one another so that no one's drifting away. That This is powerful. This is huge. He says, We have come to share in Christ. If indeed, we what? We hold to our original conviction firmly to the very end. Our original conviction is our faith. Okay? Again, we've got this. Hold on to your faith to the very end. Look out for one another. Meet together. Be with one another. Purposeful, intentionally. Be with each other. And your faith will endure to the end, you can't separate it. If you're following Jesus, if you're wanting to grow in your faith, you have to be growing relationally with people. And if you're growing relationally with people and you're growing in community, you're going to be growing in your faith and you're going to be enduring this life with a strong faith. Now, listen every area of your life, this is important, drifting. Okay, Air, every area in your, of life that is good for you is going to be hard for you, right? Every area of life, you're going to go upstream if you want to do what's good for you. If you want to do what's good for you, it's always going to be easy to drift away from that. And what I mean by is just simple illustration is like, let's just use working out, right? It's easy go-to. Go to. If you get up early in the morning to go work out, that's good for you. But it's easy to just sleep in and not do it. Okay, that's what's easy. So if you want to do something good for you, it's going to be hard. You're going to go against what's natural. You're going to go against the current of the world. So you're going to get get up and do it. It's good for you, but you're going to have to work hard for it. And so then what happens is this. It comes a Thursday morning and you say, oh, man, I've had three good days in the gym. I'm just going to hit snooze. I'm not going to get up today. It's easy to drift. It's easy to hit the snooze, so you don't get up. But then Friday rolls around, and you think, well, it's the weekend. You know what? We'll just pick it back up Monday. Yeah, I'm going to turn off my alarm. We'll get this bad boy started back up Monday. It's always easy to drift. Every area of your life, you can pick anything that's good for you. It's going to be easy to drift away from. And so we look at finances. It's easy to spend money that you don't have. If you want to do what's good for you and save and spend within your means, you have to work at that. But it takes work. You're going against the current of the world. The world just says, spend it. Like, like, just buy it. Pay for it later. Just get it now. Pay for it later. You're going against the rhythm, but it's good for you. But it's easy to drift. It's easy to say, you know what? Forget it. Let's just go ahead and do the whole back patio project and we'll pay for it later. Let's just go ahead and do it. It's easy to drift. And then you look up and bam gotten into some financial trouble okay marriage come on guys it's easy to drift it's easy to sit on the couch and watch tv it's easy to go to bed with not having any real conversation it's easy to think well everything's fine nothing's wrong it's it's easy to just go through the motions and go to bed go against the current makes it's hard no we, we got to plan specific dates we got to be intentional Hey, let's talk about this. Let's turn off the TV. Let's have a conversation. Oh, this, like It's not easy, right? It goes against the grain. Every, every good thing in your life, continuing education. No, this semester I'll just do one class. No, no, this semester I'm not going to do any classes, right? Anything good for you. I don't care what it is. And it's important that we, we, we understand this. Anything. I don't care what you say. Anything. Good for you. It's going to be it's easy for you to drift away from because you're going upstream against the world and the current. So obviously when it comes to spirituality, it's a no-brainer. It's going to be hard. You're going against the grain of the world and, and, and it's going to be easy to drift away from your relationship with God. It's a no-brainer. It's easy to do that. But it's detrimental. So... The gravitational pull on this was always going to be immense, okay? Now listen, P.T. Forsythe's got this great quote. He says this, Unless there is within us that which is above us, we shall soon yield to that which is about us. Okay, so unless there is something within us that is above us, we're going we're to yield. We're going to succumb to that which is about us, okay? Meaning, You're going to naturally drift away. And you will probably naturally drift away to what you're around. And so what you're around is probably not what you want to be like. You you probably don't want to be around, be the culture that you're around. But that's what you naturally will drift to. Unless there is something within us that is above us, we'll soon succumb to what is around us. You guys will recognize this animal. It's a pretty large one. It's a whale. Wells come to the surface of the sea, right, to, to breathe. Sometimes when they do that, they go ahead and have a little fun and get their big old belly flop going on. And they come up, get a breath, and then they're able to go back down into the depths of the sea. And then they, they chill for a while, right? But every so often, they come up to breathe. If there's nothing within us that is above us, we shall soon succumb to that which is around us. What we believe with life groups is going to happen, like the well, is it provides an opportunity for you to come into a living room, get around in a circle of people, and breathe. You get to come up, and you get to breathe with some people. Listen, when you come in, young couples, when you come into a, a life group, and you sit down, and questions get going, and you get talking, and then you finally hear somebody just say, yeah, you know what? It seems like we just get in a Argument like every Sunday on the way to church. It can be the s- s- Stupidest thing but it seems like something just comes up and next thing. You know, we're nagging at each other We're at each other just just frustrated and but you know what it happens every Sunday Well, and then another couple says hey seriously us too And, and you hear somebody say really like yeah, we do that exact same thing But what is that why why is that there? You know you hear a couple say hey with our kids man? I'm just, I feel like I'm talking to a doorknob when I'm talking to my boy. Like like I, I I can't get it through his head like what we're supposed to be doing. But man, then you hear the other couples just say, Hey, I hear you. We we do that all the time with our daughter. It's like, what in the world? You know what I mean? But then you talk about it. And then guess what? There's some other people in the group that say, Hey guys, I've been there before. Yeah, here's what you need to remember. Or you start talking about like, yeah, but at the same time, they did this the other day and it blew me away. And you start talking about stuff. Well, guess what? You start sharing life and then you're encouraged because not only are you sharing problems, you're actually understanding that other people have the exact same problem. Listen, I'm going to give you a good quote. Hey, we have a ton of issues in this room. (laughs) Like, we all have issues, right? But listen... That's why it's so beautiful when you get around together. Not that this is going to be some issue fest or anything. It's not what Life Groups is necessarily about. But what you start to discover is, man, we all do the same stuff. We all hit our heads against the same wall. And it's powerful when you start to share that and you can communicate about that. And then you get different voices, different seasons of life speaking into that. And you get wisdom. Wisdom. Because it's the divine design that God gave us. You can't do this on your own, but when you're connected with people, pff, powerful stuff can happen. It's huge. And so here's the deal. That provides our time to come up do a big old belly flop. <laughs> we breathe, and then we go back down and, and we can and, and go back into life. And then we come in here on Sunday morning and we do communion and we, you know, we give offering gifts and we sing songs and we hear God's word taught. You know what I mean? Breathe. And we go back into life. And we come up with this life group meeting. And we breathe again because we're with like-minded people who remind us there is something in me that's above me that I want to become. I don't want to succumb to what my workplace is. What my workforce is. That culture. I don't don't want to succumb to that. I want to be something greater. And you breathe. And you breathe it in because you've got a community of people like-minded saying that together. And then you go back down and you live life for a while come up and you breathe. Unless you've got something within you that is making you focused above you, you will succumb to what is around you. So, life groups. Here are the nuts and bolts of life groups, okay? We're excited to launch this ministry this fall. Listen, this is a 13-week commitment, okay? Don't ask any details or any things about old ways and old models of how we've done it, okay? It's out the door, okay? Don't even ask about it. Here's the new stuff, okay? And we're going to launch this, and we're, gonna, we're excited about it. It's a 13-week commitment. It's going to start the week of September 10th, okay, after Labor Day. All right, it, it begins. And for 13 weeks, till the first week of December... You're going to meet with, with a group one night a week, or maybe a morning a week if you do more of a breakfast meeting, or you do a lunch meeting. We are trying our best to provide a, 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 a variety of options for you to sign up for. We want there to be couples. We want there to be mixed, meaning singles and couples. We want there to be singles. And when I say singles, that doesn't mean your marital status. It just means, hey, here's a women's breakfast one. You can be... Happily married and go to that, right? It's just, that's what we refer to when we say singles. So women's or a men's breakfast or a women's lunch or a mixed Wednesday night group where you've got some singles and you've got some married couples or you've got a Thursday night couples group. We want to offer variety because this is just 13 weeks and maybe this semester with work schedules, you can do a morning, she can do an afternoon, and next semester you guys can do one together as a couple. Who knows? Who knows? We want to provide this because we believe in it and it's, it, it's the Bible. It's communities happening. So what you would do is you'd meet one time a week for 13 weeks. And we'll get to more details later as far as like what happens into the spring and when they, they launch and stuff like that. But listen, this is empowering stuff. And there will be groups of 8 to 12 people. 8 to 12 people. And, and, and we will be giving you guys some stuff to work through and to think about as you're doing life together. Now, I know you may struggle with this. I know some of you, I know, I know you, I know some of you are thinking right now, nope, not going to do it. I'm out. No community for me. Like, I, I can hear it. You know what I mean? I can, I can just hear it screaming. I know you're going to struggle with this. And I just offer this one fantastic quote from J. Vernon McGee. And he says this, this is God's universe. And he does things his way. Now, you may have a better way of doing things, but you don't have a universe. <laughs> All right? Listen. 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 Imagine. Imagine this. Imagine if, you, when, if when you were a kid, when you were a kid, if there was a group of people that was, had the privilege, and had the honor, and had the permission to come into your home and sit on your couch and in your chairs and talk about life with your parents. When you were a kid, when you were a kid, imagine if there was a group of people who were more than welcome to come into your house and speak about life. Because here's what I know. Most likely, if you were involved with church, you were just in church. And you went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And you're in rows. Think about the trajectory of your life. What, what did we miss out on? What could we have experienced if we were actually humble enough and hungry enough to invite a group of people around a table every Wednesday at lunch and talk about life and ask questions think probably a different outcome for, for your family tree or for your family so in the future that's what we want to prevent we want to create these spaces because this is when the church thrives this is when the church says we really got to come behind this couple this couple is actually struggling this person needs us that Wow, these are great insights. Man, I'm learning so much. I never knew this about the Bible. I'm asking questions. Everybody's got questions, but there's some people with some answers, and we're we're finding out the amazing amount of growth that can happen with this. So just imagine, going forward, what we give to the generations that follow us if we are people who actually do what the Bible said to do. Meet one another. Be with one another consider think about spurring one another on man if we actually were doing life together it's powerful that's what i want i want you to grow i want to grow i want all of us to grow and you will grow spiritually when you grow relationally now, I know some of you might have fallen away, maybe from the old model that we used to do of small groups. Maybe it didn't suit you, and you, you kind of chucked it to the side or whatever. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're a little hesitant about it. But here's the deal. We're going to have sign-ups all during August. starts in September. But listen, be praying and thinking about it right now about how you can join. And I'm just going to be real blunt for a second, okay? So come on, have some grace with me. If you're old, if you're old, we need you we need you we do and and if you're young if you're young listen you don't know it all you don't have it all figured out but we need you we need the energy we need the questions we need we need that young 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 life if you're in middle season right now right right You've got some kids maybe getting out of high school maybe they're in college or maybe they're just out of college and 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 married or whatever, you, you, you know, you're at that sweet middle spot. We need you. Listen, guys, God has wired you, but God has given you an amazing amount of experience. That is not to just be dormant inside your soul right now. That is to be shared to help build up and spur on the body of Christ. We need you. We need each other. We've got to just communicate and talk. It's what the design was. It's how growth happens. It's not time for pride or any of that. It's time to just be humble and just be incredibly hungry to grow. We need you. We need you. Think about the power of this. It's 13 weeks. Circles will always be better than rows. Way better. Summing up, it goes like this. God created us for community. Community. Period. It was clear. He created us for community. Jesus illustrated community. Clearly. He did. Period. The church practiced community. It did. And we here at Cross Lane this fall, we want to tap back into the potential power of this, of seeing life change and growth happen when we embark on a community journey together. All right? Let's pray. God, you are awesome. You are perfect in your design. And God, you love, you love when the church thrives. And you know it thrives when we are a community. When we know each other and are spurring each other on. So God, help us. Design the right stuff right now for us this fall as we embark on this journey, God. And please, please help us. Help us to just connect, grow And through it all, ultimately have you be the King of glory who is just seeing some cool things and blessing great things here as we journey after you. God, to you be all glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.